0: Welcome back to the Snomish County Young Democrats podcast. For the fourth endorsement interview, we have Mary Rollins running for PUD commissioner in District 1 Commissioner 1. Mary, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. It's been a it's been a long day. It's been a busy day, but a good one.
0: Okay. And so thanks again for agreeing to do our endorsement process for the Snowmush County Young Democrats. We're gonna just ask you a couple of questions based on your endorsement application and some follow-up questions that kinda come to mind about your position, okay? <clears throat> sure. So, one of the questions in the endorsement application was, what do you think qualifies you for this position? Can you just kind of reiterate that and let us know why you're a good candidate and a good commissioner for this position?
1: Sure. So, this position, I think, more than anything, requires somebody that has a broad overview of what kind of people the PUD serves, which is everyone in Snohomish County. And I think that a lot of people that get into this position get into it because they may have a little bit of knowledge about one thing or a little bit of knowledge about another thing. But I have a broad-based knowledge from domestic violence issues uh, to homelessness issues to energy issues to uh, CO2 emission issues um, and food policy issues, which... Typically you wouldn't think this would come into play here, but as climate change ramps up and we lose our ability to grow our own food, it actually does become a bigger issue. So for the PUD to operate in a sustainable manner will ultimately even affect the kind of food we eat. I got a master's degree in policy. I have a, a global studies bachelor's and a human rights minor. I also have a film degree, which has really served me well over the years. Just the knowledge of it, even if I don't have the money right now to make my own films, which is kind of sad for me, but to know what, which direction the PUD could go in, in using film to better educate. Because right now, what the PUD will tell you is, go to the website. It's all right there. And you go to the website, and there's 300 pages that you're supposed to sift through. So part of the reason that I chose policy and film was to combine the two to make it easier for folks to understand policy. So I think I'm really perfectly situated for this role, and I think the biggest reason is that I have a heart for the poor, and I work with people on a daily basis who have their power turned off for a few dollars, and I just think that's unconscionable. Mm, okay.
0: Thank you, thank you for that response. So in the role as a commissioner, you you mentioned low-income ratepayers. I don't know if anybody who's listening knows about the subsidy program. Can you tell them about that?
1: So there are a few subsidy programs right now. Uh, One is for income-based, one is for elderly, and somewhat for disabled. Uh, They spend a little under I think two million dollars on this a year Uh, but the problem is that it's really only scratching the surface it's very hard to get into one of the programs and if they're full they just say sorry we're full the agencies out there that are working with folks that pay their bills uh, mine is just one small agency that helps there are several agencies that help Uh, I could name them off but suffice it to say that there are several and when the PUD brought us all together to talk about what they could do for us, that's basically what they did. They said, these are the programs, these are the parameters. They didn't invite the people, the stakeholders, the agencies, to open a dialogue about what could be done better. And so the PUD, well, on the surface looks like they're doing good, down below the surface, it's just a swamp Mm. of people that are just hurting and hurting.
0: Okay, so so what is your, uh, as a candidate and potentially a commissioner, what is your take on the initiative
1: 1631? So I personally like 1631. I've signed for 1631. I'm trying to help endorse 1631. Do I think it's perfect? No, I don't think it's perfect. But I don't think that, as a friend of mine says, we have to live in the cold and the dark in order to get something done. We have to start somewhere, and this is a start. Would I like to see more of the bigger corporations pay their share with this? Yes. Do I want to see, and if you're wondering, like Boeing is like exempt? There are some other folks that are exempt from this. What I What I would like to see Is that it doesn't trickle down to the common person like if the oil companies are going to be expected to pay more they're just going to raise their gas prices right so the people that really are dependent on their their cars like me because I have to drive a car I can't take the buses because of the situation with my son in his wheelchair my gas price is going to go up and and we're going to spread that out a little bit but Ultimately, we've gotta start somewhere. And bringing some carbon under control in our state will set an example. And it's just a step, you know? It's just a step, but it's a step in the right direction. Great,
0: thank you. So, another question that circles around this position is the use of liquid natural gas. What is your take on liquid natural gas, and how would you advocate for or against it as a commissioner?
1: I would absolutely try to remove it completely from our portfolio. It is really a misnomer. It is not natural gas, it is fracked gas. And it's harming the planet, it's, it's expensive, it's dirty, it's disgusting. You know we're, They're trying to ram through more trains to to haul it. I mean, we just need to keep that in the ground. I have no love for anything natural gas. And what used to be like gas to your home, you know, to turn on your oven or whatever like that, it's, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about fracked gas, and it's, it's just dirty and disgusting. <laughs> I just I don't want anything to do with it. There's a very small percentage of what the PUD uses now that is natural gas, and I would just work to get rid of it completely, mm. as well as nuclear. You didn't ask that, but that's what I would do.
0: Well, I mean, that is that is definitely a good question that's on the table. Mm-hmm. So what about nuclear energy and the current usage of nuclear energy in the PUD's portfolio?
1: Well, we have one failing nuclear power plant, and it needs to be decommissioned. There are some folks out there that are just very worried that we will not have enough renewable energy to sustain the peaks of energy usage. So the offset is going to be in storing when we do have peaks for the times when we don't. But storing and nuclear power are two different things. Nuclear power has garbage that comes off of it that sticks around for thousands of years. And there's, until somebody can prove to me that there's a way to store that garbage, I will never be nuclear, never. And I've been fighting since I was in college to get rid of it on any level.
0: Great, Great. okay. So what is your understanding or your take on incentives for residents or even businesses to go renewable or invest in
1: efficient uh, utilities? So the number one thing besides helping the poor is to help families. Especially homeowners that can do this, or businesses that can afford this, to go solar, to um, do an energy calculation on their home, to get rid of the holes in their home that cause energy leakage, to you know get all the light bulbs changed, to get the light bulbs changed around the city. You know, there, there's no reason to be having street lights that are not, you know, LED lights. Um, so. To me, that's – okay, let me give you an analogy. If everybody in the United States that are driving inflated their tires properly, we could turn off about three oil pumps in this country. That's the difference between – trying to just build more oil pumps so we can put more cars on the road or just keep the cars on the road with less oil because we're taking care of them properly. Mm -hmm. So if your house is insulated, if you have solar, and the PUD helps to put those in place by giving incentives, that's where I'd rather see our money go than wasting it on these big projects that look fancy on the outside, but they ultimately are never finished and have wasted literally 60 million dollars. Mm-hmm. If we to put that 60 to 70 million dollars that was wasted into homes and families and businesses, we'd be in a lot different position right now.
0: So you're speaking to some waste that's happening at the PUD, right? Mm-hmm. Could you just give the listeners some context about what what it is that you're talking about?
1: So the PUD went after contracts, went after no bid contracts on a few different projects. One of them, the most famous one that most people know about is Sunset Falls. So the PUD bought up property. They, they tried to push through this Sunset Falls project of like a small dam. But what eventually came back was that the tribes were saying, no, this is, this is not good. It's not sustainable. You're going to hurt the salmon, which obviously nobody wants to see the end of salmon in the Northwest. But the reality was there weren't, they weren't even going to get that much energy from it. But millions and millions of dollars wasted. And then at the final hour, they, they pulled back out of the project. That money's never recoverable. But it sounded so good and so fancy. So that's just one of the, there's several, but that's one of them that most people could probably Google or relate to. Mm,
0: okay. So what's your take on conservation, environmental conservation? Do you feel like the PUD has a good enough focus on that? Are there areas that you would improve? What do you think as a candidate and potential commissioner?
1: So the PUD has a fairly good reputation for conservation, uh, but I think a lot of it has come at least in in the press releases and things that they've done, have come since the start of this campaign, because both um, one of my uh, other lady running for the other position and I have been talking about it so much and getting great endorsements from um, the Sierra Club, among others, to understand that conservation and going back to our other question about how to make the most of the energy that we have, you know, you don't have to build more dams that people just conserved, okay, and conserving, in it is the way, the way to conserve is to be efficient, and the way to be efficient is to use efficient appliances, and solar, and putting that energy back into the grid, so it's kind of a cycle, energy, since I've been running, and you know, like I said, I have you know my food policy. I was pretty clear, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but energy is this. It's a it's an amazing. I mean, they talk about the grid, but the grid itself has grids, and there's grids inside the grids. I mean, mm-hmm. it, this, the the amount of layers in that just make up to you turning on your lights. It's it's kind of mind boggling. Um, but it's really it's feeding my intellect in you know, to study it and to understand it, and I'm really enjoying it. But conserving, I'm not saying, you know, you have to turn off every light in your house, but let's switch out your light bulbs. And I think that the PUD does a good job of trying to get that message across.
0: Interesting. Okay. So we at the Snohomish County Young Democrats, we wrote a statement and actually spoke at a commission hearing when they were going through the hiring process for the new CEO. Tell me about your perspective about essentially the status quo and how they were doing things with the hiring and how you would change that going forward?
1: So I was at that meeting. I listened to the statement by the young Dems. I thought it was great. And it was wonderful to have that voice in the room. So number one, that's the problem. There were three people sitting up there. The person that wrote the contract got voted out in the primary. She's not even going to be there, but yet they've I will use the word foisted, this new CEO general manager on a new board with a 10-year contract. And if in order to get rid of him, if we can't work with him, it's a $400,000 buyout. I think it was just a way of um, kind of, you know, thumbing their nose at the new board Mm. in a way. Uh, So here we have this guy. He starts on the 8th and he might be good who knows you know i've i've heard good i've heard not so good about him from different camps so now that he's in he's going to have to be somebody that the new bird will have to work with the way it was done i thought was not they said well they were within the law well that so is stand your ground (laughs) in florida it doesn't mean it's right just Mm -hmm. because it's in within the law i think if they were smart and if he were smart, he would have waited, you know, took us a, a short-term contract, and then when the full board had time to bet him, then sign a contract and and not a ten-year contract. That that was a big giveaway. And this is kind of this is kind of relating to what I was talking about. All the other waste, you know, they give a little bit here for the poor, and they say, look at, aren't we good? Look look what we're doing for the poor. But they give millions to things that don't pan out. And this may just prove to be a bad situation. It might be good. There were a lot of employees in the room that were very happy. But the ratepayers that were in the room were going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We don't know this guy. So give us a chance to get to know him before you sign a 10-year contract.
0: Got it, awesome. What is your understanding of our specific uh, environment, our location, and the energy that we generate?
1: So Bonneville Power is where we get most of our energy from. So uh, most of our energy is actually a renewable portfolio. So we've got uh, hydro, some solar in there, some wind in there. Um, You know, we are bound by law to have a varied um, portfolio. So we do, but there's still a piece in there. And Bonneville Power, the piece that they hold is also part nuclear and fracked gas. So we, that's because the feds have instilled that. So I think if we're, if we're going to really, you know, walk the walk, working with Bonneville Power and pressure them a little bit to say, let's, why do we even include that in our portfolio? Like I said, it's a pretty complicated web of energy, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, that's, the direction we'd have to go in in order to get rid of that two percent of our of our portfolio that still contains those i would call them dirty non-renewables okay. Okay.
0: what is your understanding about community solar do you think it is a good idea or a bad idea that we should be investing in
1: well uh the pud does have a community solar project up In Marysville and people can buy into it if they can't afford to put solar on their own homes what is maybe good about that is it's at least an effort right to do something what is not good about it is that then you are taking that control away from the individual right if that's what your goal is for people to be able to have that what I understand, at least from talking to the tribes up in the Tulalip, is that big solar projects are really not what we want to do. We really want to go to individual solar. So uh, I have not visited the site when it opened, or I haven't seen it personally. It's probably a trip I'll take. But uh, like I said, it's it's good in theory to let people buy into solar. But what are the guarantees for them if something goes wrong or you know then then the control is out of their hands so
0: great awesome okay um and so we are coming to about the 20 minute mark do you have any last just kind of some closing
1: words well i guess the the most important thing is that I want to see, and I'm glad I'm here with the young Dems, because I want to see as many voices at the table when decisions are made as possible. Because, uh, you know, we don't want to have a seat at the table when there's no room for that seat at the table. Uh, and to, to that end, and I said this the other night in a forum, is that the, one of the first things I would do is to try to increase the numbers of, of commissioners. Because I think three people with that kind of control over a place as big as Snohomish County, it's it's not good. It's not good. And when you sit there and you watch them say yes, yes, yes to everything without one dissenting voice, without one, well, wait a minute, maybe that's not such a great idea. I don't think that that's a real healthy way to run a public utility. I don't think it serves the people, so I would like to hear as many voices as possible. It would be great if we could have a person of color, have a younger person on the panel, you know, to represent those communities that aren't being served. I know personally two people that ran for the position that got appointed by my opponent. One was a gentleman of color and one was a Native American woman and neither one of them even made it through. And and I thought, well, these guys are very qualified, so who did they pick? Well, they picked a white male who came from oil and gas. What does that tell you about, you know, his ability to say no to these two people that have been in power for so long? He just went along with everything. So for me, that's just that just smacks a, a not okay to me, mm-hmm. and that's the first thing I do is to try to go to a five-person board. Great. Yep.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miss um, Rollins, uh, who's currently running for position one um, for Sonoma County PUD. Um, thanks again for stopping by.
1: It was my pleasure and lovely to see you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Mary, you can find her on Facebook at Rollins for PUD. Rollins, the number four PUD. Please let us know if you like the new content and remember to vote by November 6th.